Hi, I'm Eleonora, and welcome to Stormies, a podcast where we talk about the UN's SDG number five, gender equality, and half state value dimensions of masculinity and femininity and power distance. All of this with the goal to give a clear view of what the current situation regarding these topics is in both Mexico and the US, and hoping that you take a listen and leave wanting to know more and act in your community to make a positive difference. Hello, I'm Roy Parker, and I'll tell you what our presenters will be talking about. I'll be going first and we'll discuss the issue of gender equality in sports. Eleonora will follow up with a closer look on women's experiences at home in schools regarding their so-called place in society. Then, Amapa will talk about femicides in Mexico and Brittany and Salma will close with a comparison of reproductive rights in the United States and in Mexico. Gender equality in sports has been an issue for a long time and is still a prevalent topic today. In the NBA, men receive significantly higher compensation than their counterparts in the WNBA. The average NBA player makes $5.3 million a year according to the 2021-2022 data from Basketball Reference. By comparison, WNBA players earn an average of $130,000 a year. This means the average NBA player makes 41 times what the average WNBA player makes. The league and players acknowledge that there are changes needed to be done to fix this problem. One player took it on his own to help women during the peak of the coronavirus that didn't want to play but needed the money. Kyrie Irving, the 28-year-old point guard, recently announced that through his Kia Empowerment Initiative, he's committing $1.5 million to cover the salaries of WNBA players who forgo playing during the 2020 season, according to the Associated Press. The NBA has made some changes for the better. The NBA has two women who serve presidents in the league's office. Kathy Burns is president of the Social Responsibility and Player Programs. Amy Brooks is the president of Team Marketing and Business Operation and is chief innovation officer. No other league has two women serving in the league office as presidents. In quote, there is still work to be done to advance equality for women and people of color. It's exciting to see the progress that's being made both at the team and league levels across the NBA, end quote, said Brian Wright, general manager of the San Antonio Spurs. Different testimonies from women in the near community show how despite the feminist fight is a constant present struggle in Mexico in a bigger scale, at homes and schools, the microaggressions that have been installed into our culture from birth are still present on our everyday lives. A female med student from a prestigious school in Monterrey recalls how during the first week of class, several teachers show their concern for the female students, blatantly telling them to drop out if they plan on marriage or kids at some point in their lives. This because a woman's mind wasn't made to focus on both things at the same time, being a doctor and a wife or a mother. The fact that such attitudes are present in 2022 at such prestigious schools is extremely concerning. Another testimony, this one of a mother of four who explains how despite having her own life and family, it fell on her to take care of her mother full-time after her father's death. Other members of the family who might have had more time and economic resources refuse to step up because it's a common belief in our culture that it's the eldest daughter of the family who takes care of her parents when they grow older. These ideals that are still present in many households and institutions in our country can be sometimes forgotten in the fight for equality, but even if they're a quieter form of aggression, it is where the root of the inequality begins, teaching young women at home and school their so-called places in society. They should be confronted with the same intensity and care that the rest of the problematic receives from the public.
Statistics of violence against women as well as the number of femicides in Mexico has only increased in the past year. Mexico's soaring rate of femicide is a concerning topic, but what are the differences between femicide and a normal homicide? Well, a femicide is the killing of women for the sole fact of being women. They are being killed by, for their gender. The alarming number of femicides in the country has sparked protests of women that march to be heard and for those who are not with us anymore or are still missing. Around 10 women in Mexico are killed every day and thousands go missing. According to Inehi, about 70% of women in Mexico have reported to have suffered some type of violence. According to the Executive Secretariat of National Public Security System, only in the first three months of 2022, 229 cases of femicides were reported nationwide. The highest number of cases occurred in the states of Mexico, Veracruz, and Nuevo León. The case of Devani Escobar in Nuevo León was one of the most followed cases this past year since it began as a disappearance case and after founding the dead body of Devani in a place where they supposedly had searched already, it took the, author the authorities several weeks to admit it as a femicide case. This sparked a wave of indignation across the country among other cases this past year, especially because authorities do not seem to give these cases the relevance they deserve and at times they even seem to try to cover them up. Women in Mexico are scared of just going outside alone. We are not able to walk or run in the park calmly because we are always checking our backs. One should not be afraid for the sole fact of existing. Hey friends, this is Brittany. Um, I'm going to be talking about women's reproductive health in the United States as that is a hot topic for us right now. Um, so on June 24, 2022, the United States Supreme Court overruled uh, the Roe v. Wade ruling which gave women the federal constitutional right to have an abortion. So what this means is that each state now can decide whether or not they wish to outlaw and criminalize this healthcare practice. Um, women's health, specifically women's reproductive health, is in a state of emergency in the United States right now. According to the New York Times, abortion is now banned in 13 states. These states are Idaho, Texas, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and West Virginia. Georgia is also on this list as a 14th state, um, but this is a little bit different for Georgia because Georgia abortion is legal up until six weeks gestation. Um, so after six weeks gestation, then you cannot have an abortion in Georgia, and six weeks is relatively early. Um, there have also been other states that have banned abortion after 12 to 15 weeks gestation, which again is still pretty early in the pregnancy. There are a few states that have openly stated that they're not going to outlaw abortion and it will remain illegal. Those states include New York, Massachusetts, Maine, Maryland, New Jersey, Illinois, Minnesota, New Mexico, Alaska, California, Oregon, and the state of Washington. So, unfortunately, for our states that have now criminalized and outlawed abortion, um, a lot of them are not taking in outstanding factors such as incest and rape. Um, the two states that have specifically stated that they're not going to be making exceptions for their abortion policies are Texas and Alabama. So, this change in access and legality of women's reproductive health has many concern not only for what is immediately impacted, but also the trickling effect that it could have. Um, typically, when we're talking about women's rights and women's reproductive rights, um, the conversation around same-sex marriage, same-sex adoption um, are usually brought up as well. So a lot of people are concerned that since Roe v. Wade has been overturned and women's rights are starting to be taken away, that 
the rights of same-sex couples are also in jeopardy. So I wanted to talk about a real-life example of how concerning um, this is in the United States right now. Specifically in Ohio, there is an 11-year-old girl that was raped by a 26-year-old man multiple times, which has unfortunately resulted in a pregnancy. Um, Under Ohio's new pending abortion laws, this 11-year-old child would be forced to carry her pregnancy to full term and give birth to the baby. Um, So not only is this child dealing with the trauma of being raped multiple times, but also is going to be forced to go through the trauma of carrying this baby to term and giving birth to her rapist's baby. Um, so in Ohio right now, they are in the process of, process of passing a law that limits abortions. So as soon as a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which occurs around four to six weeks gestation, um, once that heartbeat is detected, you can no longer receive an abortion in Ohio. And again, like I mentioned earlier with Georgia, that six weeks gestation period is very early in a pregnancy. Um, so regardless of one's stance on abortion and politics as a whole, this case is kind of a prime example of why abortions might be necessary for some and why um, regardless of whether it is a case of incest or rape, like we need to think about how it is impacting the woman. As we know, each of the SDGs has a couple of targets, and with gender equality there is one, specifically the number 5.6, which talks about the importance of insurance, universal access to sexual, reproductive health, and reproductive rights. According to United Nations, between 2007 and 2021, 57% of women aged 15 to 49 who are married or in a union made their own informed decisions regarding sexual relations, contraceptive use, and reproductive health care. Nevertheless, if we talk about developing countries, the percentage is lower. According to the UNFPA in Mexico, people start their sexual life between the ages of 15 and 19, and more than 50% of the population didn't use a contraceptive method in their first sexual intercourse. Also, Mexico ranks first in adolescent pregnancies among the nations of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. In the same way, abortion is a really important topic because it is part of the sexual universal rights. In Mexico, abortion is allowed in case of rape and in some states, women can abort in any situation. And this aggravates mainly social and economic inequality. Unsafe abortions are responsible for the death of about 47,000 women each year. And as I already said, there is inequality, not only between countries where the developing countries are the most affected, but also within the same country, access to sexual health is different. This was the Mexican context. Let's see another perspective. Thanks for listening. With this project, we learn to listen to each other and understand and welcome our differences, joining in one communal effort to make better spaces of our various communities. We hope you learned as much as we did while making this podcast about gender equality and how the power distance that could exist between men and women in different parts of the world. Have a great night and see you next time for another episode on The Storm Is.